So we're kicking off a new series today called 25 Days. And when, when I talked to the staff about this, I had a couple of staff members say, Matt, you know, if you talk about all of December, it's more than 25 days. You're not very good at math, Matt. You need to work on your math if you can't figure out what 25 days means. And I said, slow down. We're going to talk about five days a week for five weeks so that everybody can have the weekends off. Does that equal 25? See, I, Chip, I told you, 25 days, we could get there. We could, we could figure it out. And, and um, somebody said, well, why didn't we just do 31 days and match, you know, the, the number of days in January? Or, you know, and is there something significant about the number 25? Why did we want to choose the number 25? And there is uh, something significant about the number 25. This year, McDowell will celebrate our 25th birthday as a church. It's our 25th birthday. And... Not only that, this is how I work with math sometimes. Uh, the 25 days, five days a week for the next five weeks, will actually lead us into the first Sunday of, of February, which will be our 25th uh, birthday celebration on that Sunday morning. It's also Super Bowl Sunday, so it's going to be off the charts that day. Are you excited? 25, 25 years? Anybody excited? We're 25 years old. Oh, we'll get you more excited by the time we get there. What's, what's uh, unbelievable to me is 25 years ago, Don and a group of, of uh, a small group in his, uh, you know, in a house basically started what was the roots of McDowell. And um, look what God's done in 25 years. In 25 years, it's unbelievable to me the number of people that God has, uh, through the ministry of this church, reached and, and solidified in their faith and, and introduced Jesus. I mean, all of that just so incredible to me. And uh, you're a part of that. You're, you're a part of what God is doing. And uh, it's significant. 25 years is significant, not just because of what's happened in the past, but because God has called us to even more in the future. So I'm excited to look ahead, too, at what God is going to do. Uh, but we're going to talk about five days a week for the next five weeks. Um, my mom... Her name's Janice, uh, with an S, not an I-C-E, not Jan Ice, it's Janice, with an S. Um, my mom spent about seven years, uh, just over seven years, I think, in Afghanistan, and she worked for a company called Floor that did a lot of government contract work, and uh, my mom, when she was in Afghanistan for those seven years, lived on uh, U.S. Uh, Army bases and her company was a, a part of keeping the equipment going for, for U.S. military. And she slept on a cot, basically, for seven years in a small little room, uh, some large U.S. bases, but then a, a lot of times she would, I'd talk to her on the phone or she'd send me an email that just said, Matt, I'm going to be four weeks at a small base, so I'll have no comm uh, system, so I won't be able to contact you. Uh, don't worry, I'll let you know as soon as I'm back and I'm safe. And I was like, yeah, sure, I won't worry while you're gone for four weeks in Afghanistan in some far-off place that I have no idea where you are. And so she, seven years, she, you know, committed to be a part of this with, with her company. It was an uh, unbelievable experience for her. And when she decided to come home, she, uh, she said, you know what, I, I probably need to take some time and reset. I said, I think that's probably a good idea. And she said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ride my bike from 
San Francisco, California to Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I was like, Mom, I knew you were crazy. <laughs> but how do you think you're going to do that? And you know what she said? She said, I'm going to do that by riding 50 to 100 miles every day. And I said, well, how long do you think that's going to take? And she said, I don't know. I'm just going to take one day at a time. I'm going to go as long as I can. And hopefully I'll find that one day I make it to Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I thought, wow, that's, that's the best way to begin a journey from San Francisco, California to Virginia Beach, Virginia, is to think not of the destination, Virginia Beach, Virginia, but rather to think about the 50 miles that I'm going to ride today. And she rode every single day all the way across the country. And I don't know how many days it took her, but she was able to make it all the way across the country. And it blew my mind because she's a little older than me. This was just a few years ago. And what she was able to accomplish just kind of, you know, blew my mind. And I, and I realized that oftentimes for me and for you, we have these intentions and these goals and these grand ideas, but we never put one foot in front of the other to pursue those goals. We just hope that they'll happen one day in our lives. And uh, Andy Stanley said this a number of years ago, and I can't get it out of my head, and I think I told you this last year on the first Sunday of the year, direction, not intention, will determine your destination. Now, come on, church. It's your direction, not your intentions, not your goals that will determine your destination. And what you want to accomplish or who you want to become in your life will not be determined by what you want, but where you're headed, the direction. And by putting one foot in front of the next, by thinking about the next 50 miles, not the next 4,000 miles, right? And it's so important in our faith and in our lives uh, to think about what is the next right step for me to take to become the person that God wants me to become in this world? Uh, what is the next step I need to take as a father to become the father that my kids need me to be in this next stage of their life? Because, you know, fathers, it changes, doesn't it? Every stage, our kids need something a little bit different from us. And it's not just going to happen. We're not just going to become, we're not going to fall into the kind of fathers that we need to be. Husbands, if you're not intentional about becoming the kind of husband your wife needs you to be, you'll never just fall into it. Now, I could keep going, right? You got it. If we're not intentional, we'll never become all that God has planted within us to become. So there's this little passage of Scripture uh, in Luke. So Luke tells the beautiful Christmas story. Anybody read the Luke Christmas story? Uh, don't raise your hands because then you're going to feel bad. Some of you are going to lie, and I don't want you to do that your first Sunday in church. Uh, this year. Uh, so in Luke, it's the really cool Charlie Brown version of the Christmas story, right? And so we read that, and then there's this little passage at the end of chapter 2 that we'll read past, and often we move past it pretty quickly, and I, wanna, I want this to become the foundation for the next five weeks for us to think about some different categories in our lives, and I want to challenge you to think about what God wants to do in you in these next 25 days. And not just to think about it, but to make some decisions and move in some directions so that that might actually take place 
in your life, okay? So here's the, here's the passage of Scripture. Jesus, it says, so it talks about Jesus being a baby, and then we don't get a lot about his life between him being born and him calling the disciples. There's not a lot of, like, what happened, like, when Jesus was playing tag with his friends, did he, like, run across the water and, like, like make faces at his friends? Like, what did Jesus do? Did when he didn't want to take a bath and Mary and Joseph were trying to get him in the bathtub, did he just sit on top of the water and they would try to push him down and he was so buoyant he just stayed above it? You know, it's like I wish we could see what happened in those early days, but this is one thing that we do know is that Jesus, in those days, he grew in wisdom and in stature, in favor with God and in favor with all the people. And as I was reading through that Luke passage of the Christmas story and then passed it this last year, I thought this is a pretty good outline for us. Maybe some categories for us to think about what, what, what direction do I need to move in this year? And four quick categories. And so I'm going to walk through this. A lot, I've got a lot of information today. And so it's going to be one of those crazy Sundays where you walk out going, I don't even know and good news is we have it online, so you can check it out later. But maybe you just jot a couple notes. Maybe there's one of these categories that jumps out at you as being significant this year that you need to make some direction, some movement in. And I would encourage you that in the next few minutes, as we're talking about this, if there's one that kind of pops up and, and like strikes you differently, circle it, write it down, and pay attention. Because I think that's often the Holy Spirit working in us when it's like, oh, why did that jump out at me a little bit different? So I'm going to work through these fairly quickly, and maybe one of these will, will jump out at you. So here's the first one. Jesus grew in wisdom. Wisdom, what does that mean? Well, maybe you would say, I want to make, I want to make better decisions in this coming year. Like I just, I, I've, I've made some really bad decisions in the past, and I want to fill myself up with some some wisdom, I want to seek out the right kind of wisdom so that I can make better decisions in my life. I want to be a, a, a wise person. And I don't think there's one person in this room who would say, I don't really want any wisdom in my life, right? Yeah, I, I just want to make dumb decisions and run into roadblock after roadblock. I want to ruin every relationship I enter into. That's what I want to do with my life this year. None of us do that. We all want wisdom. Like, we want to make better decisions. But to do that, to become wise people, we have to move in a certain direction. So I'm going to give you some ideas here in a few minutes if that's the one for you. The second one, stature. Jesus grew in his stature. And for me, this means, you know, I want to be as healthy as I can be. And you know, that's different for all of us, isn't it? Like health levels for all of us, very different. I have a friend in the back of the room, his name's Simon. Um, and Simon has like this level of health that I look at and I go, man, I would love to have that level of health. But the reality is I never have that level of health. I have a friend, Nick, over on this side of the room who, like, I look at his biceps and I'm like, I, you know, I'm close, but just not quite there yet. Don't laugh at me. You know, discourage me. Like, but here's the deal. As long as we compare ourselves to other people, we will never become who God's called us to become. Listen, comparison is the quickest way to killing God's work in your life and my life. Did you know that? Don't compare yourself. Maybe if it's stature for you, 
I, I just want to be the healthiest person I can be, given the, the things that God's given me and the, the history that I've had. And for all of us, that's different. What about with God? I want to walk with God, and I want to honor God with my life. And this is the one, this, you know, no surprise here. I'm going to talk about this one a lot the next few weeks. I want to dig into this one because I think there's some things that all of us can do to move in a good direction uh, when it comes to our relationship with God. And um, the, the way the scri- this scripture says it is that Jesus grew in his favor with God, which is an interesting phrase, favor with God. What does that mean that he grew in his favor with God? I think as we grow in our relationship with God, our favor with God grows. It's a relational thing, and it's not an exchange. It's not like if I read my Bible five minutes today, will God do something good for me? That's not what it's talking about. Like when we, when we spend time with God, when we honor God with our lives, there's something that, that happens in our lives that's unexplainable. Not about finances or anything like that. There's just something unexplainable. So maybe it's with God or with others. Here's with others. I want to deepen the relationships that matter most in my life. And maybe you found yourself in this last year feeling like, oh, I've been so isolated and alone and you know, we've, we've been apart, and I want to focus on the relationships that matter most. And so maybe this year, it's, it's that one thing that you say, you know, God wants me to develop some relationships at a whole nother level that I've never developed. Now listen, goals, if you said, um, I want to become a more wise person, goals are maybe some specific outcomes that you put together or that you think about. They're desires, destinations that you want to realize. Here's, here's the trick. Systems are the process, patterns, and habits that actually move you in the direction of your goals. Does that make sense? So if you don't have systems in place, you'll never move in the right direction. You know, riding a a bike across the the country sounds great for some people. Some of you are like, that sounds like torture, right? But if you don't have the right systems... Like my mom's uh, husband, my stepdad, Richard, drove a car and kind of followed her because she needed, what do they call it, a sag wagon or something like that, to to follow her and make sure she had all the things that she needed and had some food and all all, all of that. So you got to make some, you got to put some systems in place so that you can do the things that you want to do. Goals are great, but if you don't have the system, the right system, you'll never be able to accomplish the goal. Now, here's, uh, I wrote this a a while ago, and this is uh, convicting to me. Maybe it'll be to you, too. Um, Your, uh, right now, in your life and in my life, your habits are perfectly aligned, your habits are perfectly aligned to produce the results you're currently experiencing. Is that convicting? Uh, ESPN thought it was. Uh, Did you hear that? I don't know if you heard that. Does that make sense? You know, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I mean by it? Like, like what you're experiencing in life right now, what, what we're experiencing in our personal lives right now are the cumulative effect of the habits that we've put into place. Whether those habits are intentional or non-intentional, it doesn't really matter. The habits that we have in our lives are producing the results that our lives are experiencing in the present. That's convicting, isn't it? It is to me because it, it, it challenges me to think about what, what are the things that are, that are producing these, these results that I, I don't like in my life. If I'm, if I'm struggling with patience or anger, 
if I'm struggling with relationships, if I'm struggling with feeling like God's nowhere around me, is it something that I've done or failed to do that's creating that outcome? And what do I need to put into place so that that might not be the same? Now, I, I believe these things are true for business. Like if you're a business leader, if you're a manager, these are super helpful ideas, aren't they? Like they're, they're super helpful in thinking through what, as, as a business, if we have some goals, some strategic goals that we want to achieve, but we don't have systems, we'll never be able to achieve the kind of sales or service that we want to achieve. It's the systems that, that create the movement to, to put us in that place. But listen, this is true in our personal lives as well. It's true in our parenting, it's true in our marriages, it's true in our dating, those who are dating. I mean, it's true across the board that we have goals, but if we don't put systems in place, we'll just never be able to, to reach the goal. So uh, here's, here's where a little bit of fire hose happens. In the next few minutes, I just want to walk through and give you some ideas, some ways maybe that these four areas uh, of your life, uh, some things maybe you could try and, and I'm going to camp out a little bit on the with God one um, and give you some specific challenges. But the other ones, I'll just give you some ideas. Wisdom. First one, wisdom. Maybe you would say, I'm going to read a, a, a chapter of Proverbs a day or a verse of the day in you version. So just for wisdom, um, what's unbelievable, there's, this, uh, there's a whole section of, of books in the Bible that are called the wisdom books. And one of them is called Proverbs. And what's crazy about Proverbs is you can just open it up, which I just, like, I just thumbed through. I don't have any marks that have told me to open to this, right? Like, you saw that. I'm not trying to trick you. And I, uh, Proverbs chapter 14. And so I'm just going to look through just for a second and find one. A mocker seeks wisdom and never finds it, but knowledge comes easily to those with understanding. Stay away from fools because you won't find knowledge on their lips. Um, laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when the laughter ends, the grief remains. I mean, there's some good stuff in here. Okay, you get the picture. I, like, I just want to teach on some of these real quick now that I'm reading through them. Anyway, so maybe it's a Proverbs a day. Now, Proverbs has 31 chapters, which means you could do a chapter a day in, in a month and just one verse that jumps out and just, like, let that sink into your heart and in your mind, and that would be growing in wisdom. Maybe you want to read a book in January or listen to a podcast every day while you're on your way to work or when you're out with the kids walking and you want to tune them out, put a podcast on and... Uh, you know, maybe you want to have lunch with a mentor each week for the next five weeks and say, you know what, I need some input or some outside resources. Um, so here's some books. If, if you want to read a book, uh, here's just a few that I pulled out and said these were good, you know, some good wisdom books. Win the Day is one that just came out by Mark Batterson. I haven't read it all. Just started flipping through it. Atomic Habits uh, is a great w uh, book that talks about why do we have habits, how do we create them, and, and how do we change the habits in our lives? Your future self will thank you. We talked about this last year, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science, how to pray 
uh, a simple guide for normal people, the me I want to be. There's a number of great books out there, but if you want to pursue wisdom, if you want to become a wise person, there's some ways to do that, but you've got to put the systems in place to get there. Stature. So what about stature? Maybe you want to begin with a 30-minute, 60-minute, 90-minute walk five days a week. Maybe a walk would be something that would move you, start moving you in the direction of health in your life. There are unbelievable benefits to just walking every day. Did you know that? The, the research coming out on just walking, not running, not like the, the benefits of walking every day are just mind-blowing what they're talking about. Maybe you want to commit to eight hours of sleep a day. See, I told you I'd get back to the sleep thing. You're wondering, when is he going to talk about the sleep thing? There it is, eight hours a day. Maybe you have a goal of seven hours a day. Whatever it is, like try for the next five weeks to commit to that. And some of you are like, I just, man, I can't do it. Let me help you. Go to bed earlier. Okay, good. All right. Maybe you want to work out three days a week. Maybe that's something for you. You're like, you know what? I need to build some muscle, and so maybe I, want to, I need to work out three days a week. Maybe it's flexibility. For me, I'm the most inflexible person in the world, um, literally and physically. And... Uh, some of you get that later. Um, I can't touch my toes. I need to work on my flexibility. So maybe it's three days a week. I'm going to work on some flexibility. Cut back on sugar or salt or caffeine or whatever it is that you need to cut back on. How can you become the healthiest person you can be in your life? What are some things, some systems you can put in place to, to work in that direction? There's some people here too. Like if you're someone who you're like, I just... I would love to work on the stature part, the health part. I just don't know where to start. We have some people in our church who are unbelievable at, in some of these categories that could help. Just let us know, and we'll get you connected to the right people who would help uh, in, in some of these areas. Okay, with God. Okay, now if you've fallen asleep because you're trying to get your eight hours today, come back just for a minute. Because this is the one that I think could be a game changer for every single one of us this year. What does it mean to, to grow or to pursue some systems that would help us walk with God or honor God with our lives? And you'll see that every single one of these is about prayer. I, um, Justin, one of our, our children's pastors, was talking to me this week, and he's young, and he, he said, Matt, if you could go back in your life, if there's one spiritual thing that you could do differently at my age um, and, and put into practice at my age that you really wish you would have done, what would it be? And my answer, I was like this, you know, I don't want to be over spiritual, but my answer is this, that I would talk less about prayer, but pray more. And I think prayer is, is the one thing that we, we give some lip service to and I'm including myself, I'm gonna say we, not you. Like, I think we give lip service to prayer quite a bit, but we don't pursue God in prayer very often. And I wanna challenge you in your prayer life in some specific ways. And one of those things um, that, that I wanna challenge you to is, this is, we. A number of years ago on our staff team, we spent some time developing what's usually called in business core values. We called it our staff guiding principles, our team guiding principles. And what we wanted to identify were the things that we just were going to be non-negotiables for our team here at the church. And this was the first one that popped out, and it was start with prayer. 
Uh, I think I have a picture of this sign. Do I have a picture of this? Yeah, this is from, in our office over there. If you walk back there, you'll see this. There, there's six of them on the wall. This is the first one. Start with prayer. And we're doing a much better job at this than we were when we first developed these. But I want to challenge you. What would it look like for you to start with prayer in your life every single day? Start by acknowledging God in the morning. To be intentional about five days a week. You can take the weekends off. Come on, that was funny. God's sleeping in anyway. I don't know. Anyway, every morning, to begin with prayer, to start with prayer. And so many of us don't know how to even do that. I know. Like, what does that mean? Like, does it mean I need to get up an hour earlier and I don't get my eight hours of sleep and pray for an hour? No, that's not what that means. In fact, Jesus, when he was teaching about prayer, he told us not to babble on and on. Come on, no amen in the room for that one? That's, that's good news. Like he said, don't babble on and on. Like God's not going to listen because you have a lot of words in your mouth. That's not what it's about. Like just simply and quietly, like just get before God and open your heart and your mind to him. And so there's this great resource, um, and, and I'm going to teach you how to do it real quick. On YouVersion, um, over here, when you open up YouVersion and you're on home, I circled the little home thing, click on home. YouVersion is an app on your phone. Just make sure we're all... YouVersion is an app on your phone. You should have it. If you don't, get it. Click on home, and then there's the open story at the top. Click on open story, and you'll get a welcome message. And here's what it says. Here's a truth. You, this was yesterday. Here's a truth you can cling to. You are never forsaken or alone. Today, discover how to live courageously by looking at one of God's promises. Then you click where the little finger is over there, because I'm trying to show you how to use this. You click the side of your phone, you just touch the side of your phone because it's a touch screen. Some of you are like, Matt, you are ridiculous. But listen, I'm trying to help everybody out here. And then here's the scripture. So be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and do not panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Now, is that some good news for you tomorrow or today or yesterday? This was yesterday. And then you click it, and there's uh, Jenny, who's a pastor at National Community Church in D.C. She gives you a couple minutes just talking through it. You can listen, or you can skip it by just clicking the side of your phone. You actually don't even have to listen to it. You can click to the side of your phone, and here's the prayer. God, thank you for promising to never leave me. Thank you for seeing my potential and calling me to live a life that is bold and courageous. Today, Please help me to not grow terrified or discouraged. Instead, help me to take steps forward into the promises and plans that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, isn't that a great little prayer? So if you're like me and you're like, where do I even start? Like, I want to pray every day. Like, how do I start? Version, which is one of our ministry, like we, sent, we support them financially as a church because we believe in what they're doing. So download the app and, and let it guide you in prayer to help you begin a prayer life. And what you'll find is that eventually you don't even need the, the, uh, the markers anymore. You'll just do it. Like you'll just, there'll be something in your heart and in your mind that you'll want to speak to God. It's just a kind of a starting point. 
uh, a reading plan this week. If, if you don't want to do that, here's a reading plan for this week. Just type, type in your, your browser, bit.ly slash 2021 pray. There'll be a number of us from the church reading through this together, but it talks about prayer all week. So here's my challenge. 25 days, five days a week for five weeks. Would you join me in prayer? Like it doesn't have to be an hour every day. Would you just join me in, in, in maybe putting a system in place, praying every day so that we might grow closer in our relationship with God and honor him in our lives? Would you do that with me? Like you don't have to like raise your hand or anything, but I just wanna, I, I believe that if you'll commit to doing it, that God will honor that in your life and something significant will happen in you over the next 25 days. And listen, if it doesn't, and you feel like at the end of 25 days it's been a waste of time, don't do it anymore, and you're in the same place that you were today, right? Like what is there to lose in giving it a try to open yourself, your heart and your mind to God? <laughs> All right, I love it. Anyway, here's the second challenge. If you're married, if you're married, will you commit 25 days, five days a week for five weeks to praying out loud with your spouse either every morning or every night? I, I know it's super uncomfortable and awkward and weird like praying in front of your spouse and some of you who do this all the time anyway, you're like, it's really not. But it is to start. I mean, let's just be honest. It's awkward to start, isn't it, married people? Some of you are like, I don't want to answer this question. I feel like I'm going to get tricked here. I believe, I really believe, if you'll do some uncomfortable things, God will honor it in your life. I really believe that. And if you don't know what to pray, use version. Like, use the tools that God has provided to us Pray that prayer, that simple prayer with your spouse out loud. And then you're killing two birds with one stone. You're doing the prayer for the 25 days and the prayer with your spouse. And it's beautiful, right? Listen, I'm serious. If you'll open your heart, if you'll pursue God, he will honor that in your life. The last one, with others. Um, you know, there's so many ways to develop relationships with other people. And I know we're living in this really weird time where we're, supposed to be distant from one another and be careful about getting together. But I want to challenge you to think about ways to develop relationships. You can do it on the phone, but you can also, maybe there's one other family that you would say, okay, we're going to stay isol as isolated as, as we need to be, but maybe there's one other family that will kind of, that this will be our quarantined crew, whatever you want to call it, um, where once a week for the next five weeks, you're just going to get together for dinner and stay distant, be outside, whatever you need to do to stay safe, um, do that. But, but maybe it's creating a dinner club. Maybe it's joining a book club or starting a book club or a Bible study. We've got so many here at church that are, that are starting. And this last thing, um, if you're a family and you have kids in your house, and uh, maybe initiating a family night each week. And, and if you want that to be something that also moves you in the direction of God, um, there are these, uh, 
Bible Project resources, the Bible Project is a group that we support as well. They're doing unbelievable things, but they do these studies that they send out every week, and every week it comes out with a, a video that you can watch together and then questions that you can kind of talk through uh, what, what's in there. And so maybe for your family, this is once a week you get together and you go through this little uh, short little Bible study with discussion questions. Okay. I told you that was going to be a lot of information today. Are you okay? Are you with me still, some of you? Are you still here? Okay. Here's my, my prayer. And this comes from uh, a letter in the New Testament called 1 Thessalonians. And, and I want you to hear this today. So, so if you dozed off or, you know, come back, come back, come back, come back. Um, here's my prayer. May God himself... The God who makes everything holy and whole put you together. It's my prayer for you. That may, may God put you together. Now listen to what he says. Spirit, soul, and body. All are important. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and in favor with everyone else. All of them are, are important. May God... My prayer for you, may God, who makes everything holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus. And then he says this, the one who called you is completely dependable. And if he said he'll do it, he'll do it. If God said he'll do it in your life, he'll do it in your life. You can, you can count on it. He will not leave you or forsake you. So we're going to end today with this song um, that's a song that you, it's, it's called, uh, this, is, this is How I Fight My Battles, Surrounded. And it's this idea that we don't fight like the world fights. We, we, we go to God in prayer and we trust that, that God is all around us and he's with us. And that God wants to move us in certain directions to become the best version of us that we can become. God wants you, did you know that? That God wants you to be the best version of you that you can become. So stand with me and let's, let's sing this as we close today. God, you are good and uh, you surround us. We trust you, we lean into you and um, we seek you this year.